everybody. Welcome back in to Mining Stock Daily for some Thursday afternoon market commentary. I am privileged to be joined by Mr. Brian Lenny of Junior Stock Review this afternoon. Brian, it's been a number. It's been a long time since you've been on the show. So welcome back. Thank you for having me, Trevor. Really appreciate it. All right, so let's uh, talk about some movement here and not only precious metals, but also some miners. We'll start out with gold. Gold is having a strong rebound today uh, after basically going from red to green yesterday. Uh, it's really struggling to keep a little bit of green here this afternoon. We'll see how the day ends up. Um, but you've got to be encouraged with the rebound gold's had uh, after Tuesday's massive sell-off. Yeah, I, I, I think it's great. Um, I guess I come from a little bit different perspective. Um, I guess first first and foremost, like I, I look at the physical metal gold or precious metals in general um, as insurance against basically what we're experiencing right now with the massive amounts of quantitative easing and low interest rates. Um, the side note to that, uh, you know, I don't necessarily base any of my moves off of what the gold price is doing even though i definitely think there's some correlation these days um the baseline for me for investing in junior resource companies um is the fundamental value proposition of that individual company and uh therefore like once i kind of understand the value proposition of a company the risk associated with it and i come up with that figure that i w i think that uh, the market should value them at um, I'm not as concerned about the gold price, at least day to day. And uh, the side note is, you know, I think the long term outlook for gold has never been better than it is today. Well, so what is your out term? Uh, sorry, long term outlook for the gold miners and explorers here, Brian? Uh, yeah, so for the equities, I think in the short term, let's say the next three to six months, I think there's a lot of question marks. Um, you look at you look at the market and what's gone on and you know where we stand today, it really is unprecedented. You know, we've we've been in or had corrections or crises in the past. And, you know, there's been a lot of similarities, uh, but this is, I think, fairly unique in that the whole world was shut down for a couple months. And really the levels of quantitative easing we haven't seen, like it's really hard for me to wrap my head around what, you know, QE infinity actually means. <laughs> like if you if you look at the amount of money that's already been printed, um, I read in uh, was a Bloomberg article the other week, um, you know, the amount of money they've already printed took us something like two and a half years in the last crisis. And this is the 2008 crisis. And we've done that in basically two months. And, uh, you know, the Fed, the Fed chief, uh, Powell, he like he's, he basically says that this isn't going to stop anytime soon. So, you know, we truly are in unprecedented times. And I'm personally, I'm not really sure how the the market reacts. And I'm talking about the broader market. The big question for me is whether the gold stocks or precious metal stocks are able to decouple themselves uh, from that broader market, where I think the real risk is. Um, and we truly don't know how, you know, as things are opening up, what this is going to look like, you know, how many of these companies out there end up going bankrupt and how that kind of has a trickle down effect into the rest of the market. But, you know, longer term, um, I, the, I think the place you want to be is in the, you know, the precious metal equities. I think that's pretty clear. And uh, in terms of gold price, by the end of the year, I could absolutely see us hitting a, a new uninflation un adjusted high in U.S. dollars. Let me ask you about these uh, these gold stocks. I mean, you can make the argument if you jumped in 
uh, two months ago and started looking at your portfolio, you'd probably be really happy with the returns you've had. Uh, but looking at it back longer term, I mean, are we still properly uh, evaluated here or is there still a long way to go to get to really an appropriate valuation for a lot of these companies? Uh, you know, I, I think it depends. I think it depends not only on your personal perspective, but it definitely depends on the company too. You know, not all these companies are created equal and uh, there's going to be things moving forward. I think jurisdiction's going to have a big key moving forward. Um, but there's going to be all these different factors that lead into what companies should be valued at, even though the gold price is, you know, it's probably going to stay above 1700 here moving forward. Um, so I guess, you know, it really depends on the investor and that specific company. But what I would say is that if you wanted a far reaching or broad comment, I would say I 100% they're undervalued. Um, you know, most of these companies that have economic studies have economic studies below $1,500 gold. Um, and really when you factor in that extra $200, you're, you could, you could in some cases be looking at large jumps in MPV and, uh, that's where the, the valuation metric is. And, uh, yeah, that's for me, you know, <laughs> I've, I've gotten many questions in regards of when to buy. And, uh, while I still see short-term risk, I think people that are on the sidelines and, and waiting for this next correction to happen could be waiting for a long time, not to say that it could, it could, it could happen tomorrow. Um, but I think f for me and what I've told my subscribers to the premium letter, um, you know, we're going to buy in tranches, um, tranches. Yes, they do limit your, uh, upside potential, but they also limit your downside potential. And at least for the next three to six months, I think that is a very prudent way to approach the market. Hmm, that's an interesting approach here, Brian. Uh, you know, let me ask you about which companies you are buying. I, uh, have you seen a lot of the speculative money coming into those pure exploration and development plays, or is it still kind of sitting in some more of the uh, mid-tiers to producers? Uh, you know, I think it's kind of spread out. Like the royalty companies have definitely taken off, and rightfully so to to most degrees. I still kind of have a problem paying a premium for anything. <laughs> you know, as a, a value investor, it's sort of – um, goes against what I'm kind of looking for. But I think if you're, if you're looking, um, for less risk for, you know, a straightforward business model that, especially for newbie investors, the royalties are a great place to start because of all those positive factors that they have. Um, the side note to that is, you know, while they've kind of taken off the producers, I think in a lot of cases have, you know, kind of followed suit. And then, you know, it's a mixed, bag when it comes to the junior explorers and developers i think you know the best names have definitely taken off and i like i've seen that and that this is a biased comment you know the companies that i've seen I, like a lot of them have, have at least moved 100 percent off their low and in a couple you know you know 200 percent and uh i think that's what you'll see the, the the cream will rise to the top first and then you you probably will see this tide that rises all boats uh moving forward well, a couple, well, one specific indicator that you could that could be made about there's still upward m momentum behind the explorers would be the amount of financings that we've seen. I mean, pretty big financings. I, you and I were talking before we recorded about O3's thirty million dollar uh, broker deal that was announced this morning. That's a huge number for an exploration. Of course, that comes with a little bit of uh, you know, Cisco premium to it and uh, the capabilities of raising such a large money where we've seen a lot of other junior exploration plays 
really struggling to raise even more than a couple of million dollars here as of recently, but at least money is coming into the sector and in the form of broker deals, which we've mentioned here on the show in the last couple of weeks is really, we haven't seen that in quite some time. This has got to be a real positive sentiment for you and your subscribers. A hundred percent. And like, I'm biased. O3 is a huge part of my portfolio and I cover it in the premium letter. Um, and actually that financing just got upsized to 35 million. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't take long, but I totally understand why. Like uh, you talked about the Cisco premium, you know, the, the reason why these guys are such a big part of my portfolio is, you know, that capability to not only raise the money, but then when they talk about the plans and how they want to move forward, explore and develop, these are guys that actually have done it before and have con- continually done it with each of the companies that fall underneath that Cisco group banner. And uh, while I'm not really crazy about them, the hard dollar side raise at 235, because about half of this this financing is at two dollars and thirty five cents hard dollars. Um, you know, it does balance out with the charitable flow through, which if people don't know what that is they they should find out and it's it's something that's uh was unique i think to a cisco for a while but more companies especially in quebec are doing it um but it's a it's a huge upside for existing shareholders as it dilutes dilutes you less than a typical financing um but you know long and short of it you know having that cash in uncertain markets um, is a major thing. And to me, that's why I was confident to buy O3 and have my subscribers buy O3 all through this crisis. And we've done very well. That company is up. Uh, the low was at $1.06, which I just so happened to buy <laughs> out of luck. You know, it was part of the Tron mm-hmm. style buying. Um, but, you know, today they trade around 250 So that's a really nice move off that bottom. And, uh, you know, the fundamental value, even besides the expiration upside that I see, um, is around $5 per share. So there's, there's plenty of, of upside potential to come. Let me ask you about some base metals. I mean, I know uh, I've, I've listened to you, and I think you've mentioned it on this show in the past about FPX Nickel. That's a good position of yours. Uh, big nickel project in British Columbia as well. Um, just in general base metals we're seeing some pretty good movement with copper and copper explorers and developers have uh, have done pretty well the last week or two um have you been buying any more base metal plays or are you starting to look or is it still not time in your mind well it actually over the last two issues of premium i recommended five companies and out of those five companies, one was a base metal uh, explorer developer. And uh, it had some very specific reasons. And for me, I'll buy anything at any time. Like I, I don't I don't base my decisions off where I think the metal price is going. I think investors can get in a lot of trouble if they use that as their their focus or their mantra. Um, but this company has, you know, the specific metal that they that they're it's at the forefront, I think, is going to be huge in the electric vehicle market moving forward. Um it's not as much the size, but the grade of the deposit and the economics of the deposit put it as a first uh, quartile producer whenever that development does happen. Um, it's been a good jurisdiction and uh, it's got some infrastructure. So there were some set reasons why I bought that base metal uh, producer. And I, I have to 
kind of preface all of this that I do see more risk in base metals. You know, again, with what we're talking about, the uncertainty in the market, um, I think if anything is going to suffer be, uh, due to the broader market falling or, you know, let's say consumer demand, I think it falls on the base metals and how that kind of plays out. I'm not sure yet. But if the company is, has a great deposit, great economics, tier one jurisdiction and is selling at a discount, I'll buy that any day of the week. And uh, there's a couple other things that happen with that company, but it's up, I think, 35 or 40 percent off the recommendation. And it just goes to show that, you know, when you find good things, um, you can get paid no matter where you necessarily are in the, the cycle. Let me ask you about your approach to jurisdictional risk, because you talk about that quite frequently. Uh, what has your approach been the last two months over COVID and this global pandemic and navigating jurisdictional risk? I mean, could you be active in some form or the other in your speculations or is it something you kind of had to sit and hold tight and see how everything played out? Um, you know, it's interesting. The, uh, the portfolio was actually set up quite well and it wasn't, uh, necessarily something that I consciously said, Oh, I only want to have a certain amount of percentage of my portfolio in what you would deem, uh, you know, a high risk jurisdiction. It's just the way it ended up being for me. It's, it's, it's completely project or company dependent. Like I'll invest my money anywhere if the value proposition is there. And if it's great enough, you know, I think almost any type of risk can sort of be mitigated if, again, if the if the company is selling for a tremendous discount to its value. Um, right now in the portfolio, there were two companies that would be in your medium to high risk category. Um, one of those companies was in Brazil, and I just recently sold that. It's the first company that I sold in the portfolio, um, and the country is Brazil. Um, I love the company. I like the upside potential. I like gold. Um, but I think given the stuff that's going on in Brazil right now, um, with the posse, and this is a friend, um, side note to that is I used to work for a Brazilian company. I've got a lot of ties to, to Brazil. A friend of mine said, you know, things have kind of gotten worse over the last month or so. And there's a good possibility that the military will take control of the country and he's trying to get out. And I, so I took that, you know, pretty seriously. And I thought, you know what, there's so many good things going on. Um, outside of Brazil and, and, and that the market that we're in, that money is better in a tier one jurisdiction. And, you know, at this point, it just doesn't work for me, the risk to reward in Brazil. Um, with that said, though, the other company I own is in Argentina. And, um, you know, you can say people rightfully so view Argentina with, uh, with a riskier moniker. Um, but, you know, it's a province by province uh, basis. They're based out of Salta. They've got a, what I would consider a, a tier one deposit and project that's got really good exploration upside. Um, and I'm willing to hold that company. And, of course, things change in Argentina. I have no problem with selling it, um, the, uh, you know, in that sort of circumstance. But my focus definitely is on those tier one jurisdictions. Um, given the market that we're in and, the, and if you can still find value, um, I, there's a great upside potential. Brian, hey, I really appreciate your time. It's good to chat with you uh, once again. It's been, it's been a long time, my friend. Yeah, no, thank you very much. And just uh, a, a short thing for your viewers, if they're interested in junior stock of your premium, I, I would love to offer them a 40% discount. Um, if they use the coupon code MSD 
and uh, mm. they input that in the shopping cart. They get 40% off. And anybody who's an American listener, um, with the exchange right now, the, all the prices are in Canadian dollars. So, you know, it's it's almost free for Americans. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, that's a hell of an offer there. 40% off of free. There you go. <laughs> All right, Brian. Uh, again, uh, the um, the website's juniorstockreview.com. Uh, you can check out that premium subscription on that website and use the code MSD in the cart. And uh, that's a great offer. Thanks, Brian. What a great surprise. Thanks for having me, Trevor. All right. That's Brian Lenny of Junior Stock Review. We'll be back tomorrow morning with an in-depth interview with the CEO of Van Gold Mining and also a great conversation with Brian London. That'll be tomorrow morning on Friday's In-Depth Interview. Have a great rest of the afternoon and evening, everybody.